frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. I drink your milkshake. What we've got here is failure to Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Cinefleck, our 10th episode. I am your host, Ethan Colburn. Uh, 10 is a big milestone for me. I didn't really know I'd make it this far, to be totally honest. Um, I, you know, I'd been thinking about it for a while. I started it up pretty quickly, and I've just been overwhelmed by the support I've gotten from you guys. So thank you, to all my listeners, thank you again. Um, and uh, and if we haven't talked, please reach out on any of my social medias. I'll have links in the bio, and uh, and I'd love to hear from you guys because uh, this has just been it's been it's been really fun, and I hope you guys are having fun too. This week on the show, I have Kevin Goatee of the Gutting the Sacred Cow podcast. Uh, to talk about Higher Learning, which is a John Singleton movie from the 90s. You may know John Singleton from like Boys in the Hood, uh, a few other movies of his. Um, but Higher Learning is kind of a middle-of-the-road movie for him. So if you haven't seen the movie and you want to listen to the podcast, I don't uh, think that's too much of a problem. And then uh, after that, I've got coming up around the 35 minute mark or so, I've got a Q&A with Paige. I, I asked some of you guys to submit questions and thank you guys so much for submitting those questions. Uh, so Paige and I answered the majority of those. And um, yeah, so check that out after the show. Um, without further ado, let's get into the interview. Thank you guys all again. All right. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Kevin. This is, this is awesome to have you, Kevin. Uh, um, Kevin host of the guiding the sacred cow podcast. Um, do you want to just quickly explain what your podcast is and what you do on that? Yeah, I'd love to. It's my favorite topic to talk about besides me. <laughs> it's uh, gutting the sacred cow, gutting the sacred cow podcast. That's right. As Ethan had said, so what it is. We're different than any other podcast out there, and here's why. What we do is this. We invite guests to come on to pick a film that they hate or find insanely overrated. But here's the twist. That film has to meet one of these criteria. Widely, widely beloved, critically acclaimed, or financially successful. So no one can come on and shit on Friday the 13th Part 7. We all know that sucks. So we want you to pick a film that's going to – anger people when they look at it and they download the new episode go what they're going after that how dare they it takes skill to try and convince us that one of these quote-unquote sacred cows are bad now look to have people gutted the sacred cow yes they have it, it, it takes a little bit of success sometimes we agree that that film stinks or is overrated sometimes it's a split decision sometimes you get an absolute we, we go to war against you and say no you're dumb that film is fantastic and you're just a, a dodo uh, and yeah, so we do that, and you can find all that information on guttingthesacredcow.com. You can find whatever podcast platform you listen to. We have a link there for you on our page. Google, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, CastBox. We're also on YouTube, so you can see my smiling, good-looking face and Kevin Israel's ugly, uh, bearded face as well. Just kidding, <laughs> love him. But uh, we also have merch on there. We're selling shirts, bags, hats, mugs, uh, you name it, cell phone case holders. Guttingthesacredcow.com has all that, as well as Monday through Friday. We do brand new articles every single day. We do a list of 10 
on Mondays. Tuesday, we do quotes. Wednesdays, we do movies that we've just seen. Thursday, movie news. And Fridays, we do movie sequels that we want to see or sequels that we've never asked for. So every day, guttingthesacredcow.com has all you want and then some. And of course, Gutting the Sacred Cow on all your major social medias, GTSC podcast on Twitter and Gutting the Sacred Cow on Instagram and Facebook. Awesome, man. Well, I'm a pretty new listener to it and it's been super fun. Um, I love the show. Can't wait to see what you guys do next with all that. Um, what's, what's, your, what's your favorite episode so far since you said you're a new listener? And I, and I have to ask you. Um, I like that Shining episode that just came out. That was fun. Yeah, wasn't it though? It's funny because we flipped the script. Right. And had Kevin Israel, my co-host, sit in on that one as opposed to him sitting next to me as co-host. We had our, our buddy Bill Schultz come back for the third time, but this time he sat in as a judge and Kevin absolutely hated The Shining. And if you listen <laughs> to the episode, you'll hear Bill loves The Shining, but the real question is where do I stand on The Shining? So yeah, that was a right. great one. We love that. We love Bill that Schultz and, uh, and his co-host Joanne who does the morning show on Compound Media. I'll give them a plug because they're so awesome to me. Yeah, for sure. For sure, they're man. Great. All right, well, um, First question is, um, so the, your, your, your drink of choice um, was a Nord's gin and tonic, which, which um, I went out trying to look for, but you said I could only get it in Europe. So, yeah. um, so what's the story with that? So how did you, how, how, how did you find this um, gin and why would you pay for international shipping for it? <laughs> because I'm a snob. No, <laughs> how I found it, uh, my wife and I go to the Caribbean every year. We go there for a week. And um, not this, this is 2020, of course, how can we forget? So 2019 and 2018, we went to the Caymans. First time when Caymans was 2018, we loved it so much that we're going right back next year. And we stayed at the Hyatt there and at the Hyatt, it's, uh, oh, sorry, the Marriott, the Marriott right there, which is insane. It's better than any other Marriott we've stayed at. It's, it's, a, it's pretty high end. It's kind of like Hampton's Beach House, high end feel. And they had this mixologist there who had all these kinds of wacky drinks and all that. I said, all right, let's, let's try something off the beaten path. Usually I'm a kettle and soda kind of guy or a beer mm-hmm. or whatever. Sometimes scotch and, a, and once in a blue moon. And this guy goes, I want you to try this gin. And I said, I hate gin. He goes, I'm probably, I'm, most people do. And I understand why, but I want you to try this. It's on the house. I go, All right, fine. And it was Nordis with uh, the, the tonic water. I forgot the name of it. It's so good too. And I go, holy shit, this is a game changer. He goes, you're, you're absolutely right. And then I had another cocktail that had Nordis gin in it. And it's so good, but unfortunately, they don't sell it. It's 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 actually Spanish gin. Oh, okay. So yeah. the guy was saying, I said, where can I get this? He goes, I don't know where you can find it on the island, but I know if you go on some websites that they sell them in London. Well, good news. I have a buddy who lives in London. I actually got him to bring me a few bottles oh, back nice. the last time, but of course, I went through that. My wife works for a, a, company, a company that she had. They have offices in London. So she went there and brought some back. And then she also ordered some more for me for Christmas and they shipped it out. And then just a week ago, two weeks ago, I, I ran out I'm like, well, got to get more. So I ordered yeah. six more bottles and paid 120 pounds just for shipping because that shit is so good. But yeah, <laughs> it's called Nordis. It's amazing. If you're not a gin drinker, I get it. But I tr- trust me that this bartender in, uh, in the Cayman Islands convinced me and I'm convincing you that it's magical. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like he knows the shit. I'll definitely have to try it next time I'm in um, Europe. Next time we're actually allowed to leave the country and all that. Um, right. Jumping into the movie. Uh, yeah. We watched uh, Higher Learning this week. What, what were your, um, so what was your reasoning for picking the movie? And then also, um, so what were your initial thoughts on the movie? Because I think you said it was your first time seeing it, right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just, I mean, we all have Netflix queues. I still get DVDs on Netflix because I don't feel like waiting six months to come on on digital. I Plus the that. library is a lot more limited. So I still get the DVDs and I was just scrolling through and I said, what the hell? And I was just actually flipping through on my, on my, on the cable one. I go, oh, that's supposed to be coming up soon. Higher learning. I said, you know what? I've never seen it. DVR'd it. And then you said, let's pick a film. I said, hey, never watch this one. That way we're both coming in, you know, pretty much on, you know, brand new, unclean. And I fired it up and uh, I watched it in two hours, all two hours and 15 minutes of it. It came out, what, 95? So 25 years ago. Yeah, 25. And I remember it kind of making a, a little bit of some noise because of its racial undertones and whatnot. But yeah, so I mean, I mean, we can get into my notes now if you want to. I don't know what your pacing is going to be like here, but I have uh, notes whenever you're ready. Whatever works, man. Yeah. Um, I'm tell you, yeah, it was the first time doing for me as well. Um, John Singleton's third movie, I guess. Uh, he'd done um, Boys in the Hood. Always in the hood, classic, and then um, poetic justice with Tupac and Janet, um, Jackson, yeah. and Janet Jackson. Yeah, so it's like at some point I, I should get into the people that were almost cast in this movie. But Tupac was actually supposed to play the main dude in it, but um, he was in prison or something, or he got he got arrested and they couldn't actually do it. But you don't I, say. Yeah, he did a few bids. <laughs> yeah, a few bids or something like that. But. Uh, um, if you like, we can jump right into, I usually do a draft of my favorite scenes of the movie. So sure, your show. go ahead. So, um, if you'd like the first pick, um, we like each get three picks, um, and we can't repeat. So, so you get the first pick on what your favorite scene in the movie is. Um, I, I'm, I'm not sure if we should do favorite since there's a lot of like brutal move. There, 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 there's like a lot of brutal scenes in this movie, but maybe the best scenes. Here's my favorite scene because I laughed my balls off because this, this goes under, as we, as we say in my podcast, that doesn't happen. And that is when they're all sitting down there playing Monopoly in college. I went to college. I don't know if you went to college or not. Yeah, no. I didn't play. I did a lot of things in college. I womanized. I was in fraternity. I drank. I played Nintendo 64 Goldeneye nonstop. I played poker. I bet on sports. Uh, I played beer pong. I played flip cup. I played quarters. The one thing I did not do was fucking Monopoly. That is one <laughs> thing I said. They're all playing Monopoly. <laughs> what is this? And it's just two dudes. Yeah. Is this the music fraternity's version of anything? <laughs> no. That was. I laughed my balls off for a good three to five minutes, saying this does not happen i guess they wanted to shy away from your typical stereotypical uh college activities of fun but they decided to throw monopoly in there instead so that was scene number one that kind of jumped out at me yeah for sure i was going to ask you um how accurate was this to the 90s i was born in 97 i experienced very little oh, of fuck it you. yeah sorry man <laughs> <laughs> i graduated college in 99 so that's okay funny. okay there you go so you were in college um during a lot of this, how much of it was just like the the bullshit that they put in movies and stuff, and how much of it was kind of accurate to your experience? Uh, <laughs> it, it felt it, it felt pretty on point. It did. The yeah. music was great because music today blows. It sound like an old fart, but when they have the old school rap in there, you you get me every time. For so sure. I loved it. No, but they had they had some things. It's always funny to watch some films, like college films the forced integration of different people. It's like, okay, you don't, I'm going to try and say this without sounding like an asshole. Everyone has friends of different, you know, races and colors and all that. That's great. And I do too. We all do. Right. But it's just, 
you can see when Hollywood says, no, 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 no. We have to have this kind. You have to have an A, a B, a D, an E, an F, and a G, and a C. And if they're all mixing, it's just, it's that forced community college brochure. You're like, yeah, no, yeah, this isn't how it works. Like, more, you know, a lot of white people hang out with white people. A lot of black people hang out with black people. It's okay to show that. It really is okay. Yes, it's so fun. Everyone has friends of different ethnic varieties and all that. We all do. It's just, but it's so, when Hollywood does it, it's so check the box and it feels like you're forcing that square peg into a round hole. So that's something like, ah, okay, there that is again. Because again, you don't want to piss any groups off. I get it, but it, it, it does seem contrived when, when, when Hollywood does it with some films. Yeah, for sure. It kind of was a um, college brochure of a movie in some ways. Right. Um, I think I think my my favorite scene, uh, pick number two in this in this would be the scene where Michael Rappaport starts to lose it. I just love when he's like tearing up his roommate stuff and he's finally going off. I thought his performance was awesome in this. I'd never really seen him act outside of his. Um, outside of his like Twitter rants about the Knicks and stuff and like a few cameos here and there. I thought he did a great job in this. So what were your thoughts on his performance? I had a problem with it and here's why. Yeah. He's that, it, because he's, that's not, if you know Michael Rappaport, he's more of an urban dude. Yeah, so for him to true. play a white supremacist, I'm not buying that. It, it's just fair. And he was very milk toast about it. I mean, I, I guess this is, this is obviously 25 years ago. He's a newer, younger actor, but we knew my, what Michael Rappaport was then. And it's just like, he's going to play a white supremacist. And boy, he better Denzel Washington or Daniel Day-Lewis the shit out of this role. He didn't. Uh, but that's, I, I, I did not buy that with him. It's just, that kind of goes against the grain with what he is in real life. And I would, he didn't do a good enough job separating his real life from his acting role that he had signed on to play in higher learning. In my Yeah. Opinion. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, uh, um, I guess now would probably be a good time to take a quick break from the draft and do some um, um, and, and go through a list of people that were almost cast in this movie. I'd love to know your thoughts on this. Um, so the first one was Tupac. We briefly talked about that. So what do you think about Tupac in this movie? Would that have been that have been a better or worse movie? No, the same. Him and Ice Cube could have played the same guy. I'm sure he was going to play the same guy. With I think he was supposed to be the runner like guy. Six years I, of gra- yeah, six years to graduate. I think that was Ice Cube's role. So that, it would have been fine for me. They're both huge, top of their game at the at the on the rap game at the time. So that would not have that would not have moved the needle for me at all. Yeah, for sure. Um, what about Leonardo DiCaprio as the white supremacist? That he was trying to get DiCaprio in that he couldn't get him, but would that have moved Leo because he was probably was no Titanic was ninety seven, so it would have been a it's year pre Titanic. Yeah, was it Basketball Diaries? Did he do that by then? I don't think I have to do Basketball that. Diaries. I think I think that was ninety six, so I think it was a year yeah. after. It's pretty okay. young, Leo. Yeah, um, I would have been. Listen, Leo's now. Listen, hindsight's twenty twenty. I mean, twenty five years ago, if we knew then what we knew now, yeah, he would have been a better actor than Rappaport was. I mean, Leo's got great range and he's won awards and he's kicked ass in a lot of films. So yeah, he would have been better as as the uh, as Rappaport's role. For sure. Um, Sidney Poitier is the professor. Yeah, I agree. And that's actually one of my points here, too. Uh, what kind of accent was Lauren Fishburne implementing? I, was that a Jamaican sorry. accent? Was that an African accent? I can't tell. All I can tell you was I was sitting there for the entire fucking time trying to figure out what it was. Thus I was trying to figure it out. out. <laughs> yeah. I, I wasn't think behind it was, that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was Caribbean. I want to say it was Caribbean. I, okay. I, that's why I said Jamaican <laughs> or African, but I couldn't put a figure on either. I was also thinking like throughout this movie, it kind of seems like he's the only professor at this school. Like 
<laughs> I don't see any other faculty there or anything. No. He's just the only guy that the students interact with. Um, Sam Jackson is a professor. He wouldn't be able to say motherfucker in the N-word as much, so I don't know about that. That's true. That's true. Um, Paltrow as the, um, as the blonde girl. Over Gwyneth Christy Paltrow. Swanson? Eh, Christy Swanson. Tomato, tomato, my book. She's, For sure. she's a bag of rocks, so <laughs> at least I can see Christy Swanson in uh, her heyday. Speaking of, actually, the one good thing about this film, they casted every smoke show actress from the 90s. Bridget Wilson, Christy Swanson, Jennifer Connelly, Tyra Banks, all bona fide smoke shows in this Definitely. film. Definitely, like, man. Whoa! There so that that's the uh, that's the four horsemen for me right then and there. I was happy to see that. Oh yeah, and Tyra Banks like spitting ketchup out of her mouth at the end. That was uh that was something to see as well. It's not expected. Yeah, she uh, her acting is uh, is awful. No, it's not great. It's not great. She's definitely very hot, but uh, not not fun. not the best actress. Um, don't yeah, ever say tire actress. Don't ever say again tire banks and best actress in the same sentence. So you're sorry. <laughs> bad man. Um, so what would be the next scene that you'd want to pick in our draft here? Next scene. All right. When the guy does rape Christy Swanson, here's my question: How is he running down the stairs uh, without his with, with his pants on his ankles, but no boner flopping? If he just raped her, why does he have a full rod going up and down the stairs? <laughs> That's I don't definitely know. call me a stickler for detail, but if he just if he jumps right out of bed after he does done done you know raping Christy Swanson, wouldn't he still be at full mast? <laughs> I yeah, that's definitely an unanswerable question here. I I, <laughs> I can't I can't tell you <laughs> something um, that stuck out to me. What can I tell you? <laughs> I, I've got to say, um, um, Christy Swanson heading through the school, putting up flyers, call this song that that. that that goes like I can solve your problems. Plays in the background. Oh yeah, putting up that flyers. Shitty trope about her, about her diversity. Um, get together. That was pretty funny to me, but um, I, I I was laughing pretty hard at that moment. I thought that was good. Hmm. I agree. I, I caught that too. It was a good one. Um, what would be pick number five for you? I have here. Okay, Chris. I don't know why I focus on this. Chrissy Swanson gets raped, right? And then she figures out later on she's a lesbian by making out with Jennifer Connelly. It doesn't happen like that. You don't get raped and go, wait a minute. After all these years, I get it, she's in college, not that many years on this earth, but wait a minute. I think I'm on the wrong team. Like that's, I don't think that's the kind of watershed moment that triggers you to real to question your sexuality. Maybe you hate guys for a long time, which she did and distrusted, but she kisses Jennifer Connelly. It's like, wait a minute. I'm uh, switching uniforms. I don't think so. Yeah, man. And special shout out to that um, that 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 sex scene that was that 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 was like a single take, and 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 the and the actors are just clearly swapping places. Like it's like Jennifer Connelly and the dude are just swapping places every other pan back. I thought that was a great scene. Right. Yeah. It's this film was quite cliche ridden, and just again, no one's gonna ever accuse anyone of being denied an Oscar for this film. I, I think at its best, it's um, do the right thing. And I think it's, at, at its worst, it's like crash. It's somewhere, it, it, it's somewhere in between there. And I think it has his moments, but um, he kind of tackles a lot in the movie. And uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't always answer all the issues he's tackling, I think. But um, it, it's definitely an entertaining watch and I'm glad you picked it. Um, let me see, I think, I think my last scene 
we haven't talked about Ice Cube yet. Something where like I um, it's probably the scene where like the where where um, Ice Cube heads in and starts starts catering up the skinheads. That was pretty awesome. That first time. Yeah, that was good. That was good. For sure, man. I uh, I also noticed too for a bonus shout out. Boy, they give Buster Rhymes absolutely, you know, the bo- table scraps for a character. All he did was make faces and just say taunting shit, but never really. There's nothing developed about him. He was just there, and they gave him nothing to work with. Zero point zero. Yeah, and I didn't realize that was him until the end of the movie. I didn't recognize him with all his hair and stuff, but um, I'm used to like, used to old fat Pester Rhymes. But uh, yeah, I didn't realize that was him the whole watch. Um, so that Columbus statue that would not last a day in 2020 on a college campus. Just no, it's funny. Also, say, again, I was thinking about that. <laughs> pick this film. Uh, There's so many similarities. What, what, what happened then? That's what's going on right now. And of course, the university, the, you know, Omar Epps is going on and on about Columbus, man, how, how they hated him. So even back in 95, the hate for Columbus was real. And of course, yeah. now it's a, it's a perpetual garbage fire of the hatred of Columbus. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure, man. Michael Rappaport's uh, good to see his douchebag haircut reminded me of my 1990s douchebag haircut. So that was a nice little walk down memory lane. Yeah. <laughs> You're you're kind of have to send me a picture of that. I'd love to see that, man. Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I found my, I, I don't know how long ago it was. I found my student ID from college ago. Holy shit. Like I was ready to be like a, an Abercrombie Fitch model from the head up, or I was ready to be the front man for a grunge band. So you determine. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Um, Let's see what else. Um, So, Drew Barrymore was the only one who actually um, who did audition and lost out on the Christy Swanson part. Um, I guess that was the last um, casting that I forgot to touch on. What would you think about her in this role? Again, uh, I like Chris. I think Christy Swanson's hot. You know, I prefer to see her than Drew Barrymore. But I guess Drew Barrymore in the end, I guess was a little scream was '96, so that was a year later. So uh, she's gone on to go do better things. So yeah, I don't sure. think Drew is pining for this loss. I think she's just you know what. Wasn't my day at the ballpark. Went over four, and I can live with it. But I don't think Drew Carey. Oh, Drew Carey. Jesus Christ. He would have done a better job <laughs> that than that. That would have been a better job than a Drew Carey. No, Drew Barrymore would have not done a better job than Christy Swanson. It, it, all of these roles just really didn't, except maybe Omar Epps. I'll give him credit. Omar Epps had something to work with. Rappaport did, but he fucked it up. But at least Omar Epps really dug into it and made and did a, did a pretty good job. But most of these actors and actresses, there wasn't much there. So, no, yeah. there wasn't anything that they could have really added on to make things better. Drew Carey would have been something to see in this movie, though. Yeah, I would love to that- see the fat Drew Carey try and, and, and rape her. That would have been a scene <laughs> to watch her kick him in his fat gunt. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, so, are you on the are, – are, are you in <laughs> – New York right now, or what part of the East Coast are you on? I'm in uh, North. I'm actually ten minutes outside the city. I'm in uh, North Jersey. I'm in Secaucus right now. I live. Right oh, for across. sure. I'm on the last train stop in Jersey before the city, and I'm looking at the sky skyline right now out on my window as it's pouring rain here. Nice man, Gareth Stanek, comedian. Has it been hard for you not um, not not doing shows these days, or has it been nice? It's uh, it's been both for me. Now I'll explain why. I besides the podcast, I also have a few other TV shows I'm trying to pitch. One of them you can find right now, and that's uh, called Comics Watching Comics on Amazon Video, Amazon Prime actually. It's eight seasons, and I'm trying to pitch that as well as my fantasy football jibber jabber show. I did the last two seasons, 
And it's just, it's a combination of NFL uh, gambling advice as well as fantasy football advice. So I'm really trying to pitch those. But right now with the with the with the quarantine, it's been bad and good. Bad again. We lost. You know, a lot of people lost a lot of work. Obviously, I've lost gigs, and it sucks. And uh, but the good news is that I've made a, I've really made hay while the sun shines. I went. I did so much behind the scenes bullshit work that needs to be done when trying to build a podcast. Like we built up the website, we built up social media, we built up the the, the merch shop. We have an apprentice. We've got a mailing list going on. Like we got a lot of the meaningless behind the scenes thankless bullshit out of the way because of this. So. I mean, as much as it did suck and still kind of sucks, I'm not, I'm walking away with this going, you know what? This was not the worst thing. I got way more done, you know, with these last seven months almost, right? Six months than, than like not. That. So it's, it's not been the worst thing, but you know, it's, it's still been, it's, it's been shitty, but I've made the most of it. Believe me. Yeah, for sure, man. So what's the show called and what's the concept with that? Well, um, which show? Uh, you were talking about the, comedian show on amazon oh, comics Prime. watching comics so yeah, what it is it's, it, yeah it's last comic standing meets mystery science theater 3000 and oh, what happens sure. is we table we tape a bunch of comics they're they're intermediate and uh, we take the footage we watch it at my house with way more professional and, and longer established comedians than myself you know guys and girls with a lot more success than me we watch the uh, we watch the footage we praise we offer advice we, we critique it and if they're terrible, we, you know, we shit on them. But, amazing, but what we're doing is we're pulling the curtain back on stand-up comedy. We're showing you like, what it's like when comedian, comedians in the back of the room are watching sets while the audience is kind of like, hey, what's going on here? And we're kind of you know, doing the X's and O's of comedy. And again, just general ball busting. There's no better conversation you could sit in with than comics just sitting around busting balls, talking shit with each other. And at the end of every, every season, excuse me, we pick a winner to perform at, a, at the live showcase we do at Gotham Comedy Club. And we also do a section on that live showcase called Redemption Section. So I took, I invited a few people where they really ate shit on the show and I gave them a shot uh, for redemption. We gave every, uh, four or five people a minute each and then the audience voted via applause who their favorites were, who their favorite was, excuse me. And then we gave them that, a spot that night on the show. So that was a live show that also is on Amazon video right now. So yeah, we're trying to get that. And again, we're just trying to you know, show people that if you think your office funny, that's great. You're probably not going to make it as a comedian. It's a, there's way more to it than yeah. just you know, cracking jokes around the water cooler and how hard it is because there is no syllabus. There is no like corporate America of if you do X and Y, you'll get promoted to Z. No, this is so random. I mean, yeah, be funny, but how it's so very hard to be funny and just knowing how to navigate the minefields that are in here. It's, it's tough. So, but um, yeah, we show all that. We talk about that. We interview the, the, the panelists. But yeah, it's fun. Comics, such a comics and Amazon video. Give it a look. Cool. Yeah, I'll check it out. That sounds like an awesome show, man. How did you get right, your start? Right, it how, is. <laughs> how did you get your start in comedy? I, uh, I walked into an open mic on March 10th of 2010, and I just didn't stop. So it's not like you have to apply for a job kind of thing. You just start yeah, showing sure. up at a mic, and, uh, and that's it. So you keep going and going and going, and then hopefully people, you get better and better. And then people notice you and they book you for shows and then you'll get booked at clubs hopefully. And then you start getting people want to give you road work and fundraisers and shit like that. So it's just, it, some people it happens for very quickly. Some people it happens too quickly and they're not ready. And some people it never happens for. So yeah. it's, again, it's a whole weird thing. I, it's so weird. It's people ask that it's the hardest thing that anyone can ever do. You have to be insane 
who want to do it. It's uh, it's a lot of sacrifice, and uh, you better fucking love it, and you better be good, and you better stick with it if you think you've got something going on. But also, at the same point in time, you want to have options. And I mean, I never would have thought I would have found my way into voiceover, or I would have found my way doing TV shows. I always just thought I'd be doing, you know, road stuff and being a comic in clubs, but you know, it's just so funny how different opportunities present themselves. So you come across different ideas that you think of and just things happen, you know? So it's, it's a weird, I hate the grateful dead, but I'll quote Jerry Garcia. What a long, strange trip it's been. Yeah. 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 yeah, That's a good quote, man. Um, Is there anything else you want to touch on with the movie? Yeah, I'll wrap it up. I'll put a bow on it as a corporate America asshole say being I'm in corporate (laughs) America, the worst. This film is not great. There is the reason why I didn't rate Russia for 25 years to see it. No one was like, you got to go see this. You know, there, that's the reason why I have a Netflix queue of over 200 films. And again, I didn't, did not feel the need to bump it up in the queue. Yeah, for sure. It's fine. Will you be, will you hate it? No. Will you like it? No. Does it, and I coined this phrase on our podcast, the remote test. The remote test is if you're flipping around on cable or whatever, and it comes on, will you drop a remote and watch whatever part that you're on for the rest of until it finishes out? The answer is a big fat no, I will not. I will flip right by this and not care less. So, but it's fine. Again, if you're, if you're curious about it, it's a very stereotypical cliched A to B to C, paint by numbers kind of plot. You know, if you know about it, it's the racism tones. There's nothing you're really missing. I give it a five out of 10, nothing special. Don't care. Won't ever watch it again. Won't recommend it. Didn't hate it. Yeah. I think I felt the same way. I gave it like a six out of 10. Um, I like parts of it. Um, it was, it was pretty handery. <laughs> it was kind of all over the place, but I like some of the performances. Um, I was pretty entertained throughout, but, uh, didn't didn't totally come together for me you well hold on you say you're entertained throughout what parts were entertaining i don't think you're in your show your scene breakdown you were really saying hey that's that scene really kicked ass i'd like i like to hear from you like, <laughs> what's a scene that i know i'm gonna I'm I'm pretend i'm hosting this for a second what were no, some, like, a couple scenes that jumped out at you where you're like holy shit man that was a good scene um i liked i liked um i liked omar epps in it um i liked yeah. him throughout um heinkel rapaport i don't i don't I think I, I I think you're right that I don't really believe that he's a white supremacist. You know, I don't I don't totally buy that. But um, he was always fun on screen. I mean, it's probably it's pro- it's probably the wrong word. Fun's probably the wrong word. But I, I mean, he, he he was always entertaining on screen. Um, you thought that I didn't I didn't I didn't feel he was entertaining. I just felt like he was a lump shuffling from scene to scene until you know, the third act where something finally triggers and it happens where he becomes a, a full-blown racist and then, you know, really goes off. But I, I just felt for the majority, I was just like, he's just blah. And he's just that yeah. dude. And, just, and, you, and, you, and you know it's going to happen. You can see it coming a mile away. There's no shock. Yeah. There's no surprise. It's just so formulaic. So, I'm, I, I'm, listen, that's your opinion. That's fine. I just disagree. I just There's nothing about him. That, uh, that that stood out to me or I found interesting about him at all. Oh, but, but you're right about Omar Epps. Like Omar Epps is by far the best part and legit good in this film. So he's, he's the only shining light besides, like I said before, the other smoke show actresses in here. It's, it's Omar Epps and it's the, it's the girls, but that was it for me. Yeah, I'm surprised I haven't seen Omar Epps in, 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 in stuff in the last like 20, 15 years or so. Like, he, he, did seems- TV show. he was on a TV show. Like, wasn't he like a, ho- a house, that TV show? I think a house? he was. Oh shit! I, I think so. I didn't watch it. So, Omar, but I think you I'm gonna look this up. Omar Epps. 
yeah, he was on House, man. Um, and then hey, if you watch enough NFL football, you see all these Fox promos, and you go, "Oh, oh that's yeah. right, he was in that." <laughs> so that's the only reason why I know it. I don't give a shit about House, but yeah, there you go. Yeah, how many House promos I've seen on 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 football shows? I can't even tell you. Yeah, man, he didn't do much else though. He did. Um, he did. Love and basketball. That was a big one. Love yeah. and basketball. I didn't but, see that uh, one. Major yeah, League Two, where he tried Major to play two? William Ace. Ace. Yeah, we know it's not you, Wesley Snipes. Good try. <laughs> That's funny. All right, man. Well, um, I like to have our guests um, wrap up the show by saying a favorite, um, a favorite quote from a movie that they like in character. So take that any way you like, man. Quote in character? All right. I think I will do that. More than happy to. Won't solve anything, Dave. People been running around here, dropping light flies, and where's that getting us, huh? Nowhere. Fast. Eh, you know, old Jack Burton always says at a time like this, who? Jack Burton. Me. Old Jack always says, what the hell? <laughs> Do you know that one? Please I don't know that me. one. What's that from? You I don't, don't know that film? Fuck you. How do you have a movie podcast and you don't know that film? What film is this? Big Trouble in Little China, 1986, John Carpenter classic oh, man. film. Oh, man. I'm sorry, man. I'm just, I'm just starting to get into like the John Carpenter side of things. Uh, oh, no, man, I've not seen that so yet. It's so good. It's so good. Like You may go, oh, this is it. It may be a guilty pleasure. It may be a bit cheesy, but man, it just, it just hits home on so many events. And that is, that is the most Kurt Russell role that Kurt Russell will ever or has ever done. And it is – he is so awesome. Actually, Kurt Russell auditioned for Han Solo. There's a fun fact for you. I but, heard that, yeah. Yeah, him and actually Chris Walken, and I read Pacino did too. Pacino Imagine that did. shit. <laughs> but, yeah, it's uh, – Big Trouble in Little China is great. Kurt Russell is fantastic. Jack Burton. That's one film I would love to see a sequel for. But, again, if they don't want to screw up the, the, the feelings and the good, the good karma the first one has done, I'm fine with that. But, yeah, it's amazing. You should see it, and I'm sure your listeners – have seen it or they better fucking see it. That's for sure. <laughs> have you seen Escape from New York? How does that? How, how, yes and no, it does, does not compare? hold up at all. Okay. I, I thought that movie kicked ass, but you think that this movie is No, better. no, 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 no. I watched it all maybe right. a couple months ago. <laughs> I wasn't crazy about it to begin with. It was okay. Escape from LA is an incredible piece of dog shit. Don't yeah, ever I've heard. Off. The soundtrack, though, is amazing. If you're a fan of 90s alternative or hard rock, that is what's up. That soundtrack kicks ass. But the film stinks. But Escape Film LA, everyone loved it. I did not. And it sh- and everyone who did love it, a lot of them are saying now, yeah, it's not holding up as well. So uh, John Carpenter's best film is Halloween. That goes without saying. But number yeah, for sure. Escape from LA, uh, sorry, is uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, people will say The Thing was is up there as well. Uh, I'll buy that. And maybe even they live, but without question, Halloween one, big trouble in Little China too. For sure, man. Well, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having me. Talking to you and everything. Um, this has been great. So thank you so much. Likewise. Thank you for coming on, Kevin Goatee. That was a really fun conversation. Uh, coming up next, I've got our Q&A with uh, me and Paige. So if you submitted uh, questions, stick around for that. Can you believe it's our 10th episode? Wow. <laughs> wow. It's been a while. It feels like that went by really fast. It did went, It did go by really fast. You were, you were my second episode, of course. Yeah. 
Um, and, uh, I don't know. It doesn't feel like, I, it doesn't feel like nine weeks ago at this point. Yeah. It doesn't feel like nine weeks ago. Summer went by fast. Um, I feel like you've made like 20 podcasts, I've, I've but. I've made a lot, which is why I'm going to start releasing them two a week, at least for the time being. Cause I just have too many podcasts <laughs> though. At least one we think is unreleasable. I think it's unreleasable. We tried to do Harold and Maude with Lexi, who's on another episode, Paige, and then Jamie, Lexi's sister, who's on an upcoming episode. And uh, I thought it would be fun to get like really drunk during it. And uh, um, we sung multiple Cat Stevens songs. Uh, Jamie fell asleep for the last thirty minutes of the podcast. (laughs) Gone. Um, and... I think that's unreleasable. To celebrate our 10th episode, I asked for user-submitted questions. User. Fans. The fans of the show. Um, I've got a lot of questions here for both of us, so... Amazing. Um, since we are both here i want to make sure you're included in this as well um i asked for questions for both of us um let's just start off with uh priscilla and juliana both asked similar questions priscilla was um do you remember the first movie you guys watched together and juliana was like what was your first like film experience together but um what what do you remember what the first movie we remember watching together was? Woman on a Train. So it's called? No, no, no. It was before this. That that was okay, so this is the um you're thinking of Lady Vanishes, the oh, Hitchcock Lady movie. Lady Vanishes. Yes, that was our sorry. first date. That was our first date. And that was at the Stanford yeah. Theater. We went to preschool together. So we probably we watched like Barney. Like Barney. <laughs> together Party and friends well we had the same vhs because yeah. the the pumpernickel song was on that yeah barney has a friend and it's called pumpernickel yum yum pumpernickel pumpernickel, pumpernickel, pumpernickel bread. bread hey barney has a friend and it's called white bread and then they go through all the <laughs> yum, different yum, white bread. and they go through all the different <laughs> yeah. breads <laughs> but i can't I, i've every, never had pumpernickel every time but I, I i know what it is from barney and every time i think every time i see pumpernickel bread which is rare yeah. i'm like oh barney has a friend um so we probably saw that together the yeah, first movie that one. i remember seeing with you mm-hmm. was in seventh grade yeah it was um vampires suck <laughs> that was and we went film. yeah and then um and then uh we went with your family I scared Brooke in the car because I was trying to speak French with her and she was like, uh, because she was in some French class. I was like, oh, bonjour. She was like, uh, and then she got a little nervous. No one knows who Brooke is. Hey, your sister. But like I said, I was in the car with your family. Okay, it's fine. And then, um, and then, uh, and then Brooke at one point said, uh, you guys are going to get married, right? Isn't that when she said that? I think that's, yeah, right around when she started saying that. And we weren't even dating. Yeah, so Vampire Suck was a parody of Twilight and has a 3.4 on IMDb. That's out of 10, by the way. That's not out of 5. A 3.4 out of 5 would be fine. A 3.4 out of 10 is very bad. Um, it was not 
It's not a good movie. It was pretty bad. I think we were so... I think we enjoyed it, though. I think we enjoyed it. I mean, we were in seventh grade. I also think everyone was so sick of Twilight. It was fun to, like, make fun yeah. of Twilight. Yeah. But uh, not a good movie. That it is was the, f- the summer before, bef- between seventh and eighth grade. Hmm. Or eighth and ninth grade. I can't remember. Probably 7th and 8th. It was 2010, so probably 7th and 8th. Definitely. Yeah, so Vampires Suck was our first movie together. Our first date together was the Hitchcock film, Lady Vanishes. Siegel asks, who is the cutest animated movie character? Who would you say is the cutest animated movie character? Um, I think... So, cutest just based on their looks or based on their entire character? I if I'm you going entire you want. if I'm going entire character, I would say maybe the grandpa from Up. Wow. Because I love Up so much. Yeah. I'm and surprised you wouldn't go the dog from Up. Okay, he he yeah, that's very Probably close cuter. too. I'd go Wally. Wally's cute. Wally's like I know we both picked like very unconventional like neither of us are like furry animals um what is your first Isaac asked this what is your first movie watching experience that you remember vividly do you have any theatrical experiences that you remember um I well you know it was probably I mean, I watched this one Scooby-Doo VHS over and over and over again when I was little. I had this little tiny box TV that sat in my room. It was like literally like one foot by one foot. It was so tiny, but I would just sit on the end of my bed and watch videos all day long. And I'd, um, I had like, like five or six VHSs that I'd switch out, but probably Kiki's delivery service and that Scooby-Doo VHS was just a bunch of Scooby-Doo v- uh, episodes. But both of those I remember very vividly. And, and I actually watched Kiki's Delivery Service again recently. Yeah. And it was such a strange experience because all of my emotions and thoughts about the movie as a kid, which were kind of skewed in a, in a, like a younger way, like I, I felt them again at the same intensity as an adult. And it was such a strange experience because I hadn't seen it for like, I don't know. 15 like years 15, or 17 years. Yeah. yeah, it's a really cool movie. We just watched that together recently. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think my first movie experiences, the couple first ones that come to mind are like not good movie experiences. Like there was a Disney, okay, the first Disney movie that was like computer animated was called Dinosaur. My mom was like, that kid loves dinosaurs. We'll take him to that. <laughs> I saw that. It came out in 2000, and mm-hmm. I went to it in theaters, and wow. I, this is one of my first memories, so I was like three, and I remember um, I remember having to leave early because I was crying. Oh. I also <laughs> remember my, uh, I had a friend in preschool as well, Peter Willits, who put on Star Wars one time, uh, like put on the VHS, and just like... It was a lot for me also at like three or four. And I think I like was like 
I think I kind of like hid behind the couch and then his mom came in and she's like, your friend clearly doesn't want to watch this. <laughs> like, can you turn it off? Well, I mean, you know, like the opening of Star Wars where it's like, like the ships are shooting at each other and whatever. And then Darth Vader comes in the hallway. It's a scary opening for a four year old. So my, the first two are bad. Kind of a, like, I'm just going to ask you, I think actually Jason might have asked... Yeah, so Jason asked this, because th- 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 this question kind of goes off the last question. What is the first movie that really got you into film? I'm not sure if there was one movie, but I, like I said, I went to the Stanford Theater a lot um, growing up, and I don't know if there was one film, but I just kind of slowly started adding more and more variation to my I guess, library of films that I, I had seen, and, and I started realizing what it could do and where it could go, and uh, I guess just um, started exploring the medium a little more. Um, Is there a movie that you remember having, like, just, a, like, being really transfixed with in particular? Yeah. I mean, just a, a um, movie? Probably Roman Holiday. Yeah, I love that film, Roman Holiday. You see that at the lot, a lot of the theater? Yeah. Yeah, I go pretty much every year and see it there. So <laughs> this da- year, your dad never remembers. <laughs> he that never you remembers. Saw... Every year, I'm like, every year you're hey, like, we should go hey, see that, see and then he's again. like, like, oh, it's like fun. Oh, how we we should do this again. I'm like, yeah. Don't <laughs> like, remember do last this, year? <laughs> we do this every year, Dad. It's so funny. Um, yeah, the 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 movie for me, which I wrote a review on recently on Letterbox, and I just showed you recently, was Metropolis. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw that, like, I think senior year and I was already sort of getting into movies, but that was just sort of mind blowing because it was kind of, it was one of the first like foreign movies I'd seen and it, and it, on its surface level seems very inaccessible. It's like a long silent movie from Germany Mm -hmm. and you're sort of like, that sounds daunting, but I watched it and I was just like transfixed like I remember just being blown away by the visuals by the story by the intensity there's something about watching people from a totally different time and how like their struggles feel like the same and I just find it I just find like that very Mm -hmm. poetic and weird yeah yeah and it's and um like you said the other day it's very similar to Sullivan's Travels um which is another one of my favorites. Yeah. Jason asks also, Jason has a few questions. So does Clara. Clara and Jason really uh, stepped up on the questions. So did Juliana, by the way, who sent me a few. Um, Jason asks, what is your Mount Rushmore of actors? And then what is your Mount Rushmore of directors? I'm going to go with... Mm. I'm going to go first because I think you're going to need longer to think about this. I will. My four. I'm going to have to do my favorite director, Robert Altman. Robert Altman is my absolute favorite. He um, he does a lot of 70s movies, and he kind of had like a career resurgence in the 90s, but I just love his style. I'm going to have to go Robert Altman. I'm going to have to do something from old Hollywood. I'm going to have to do Hitchcock. Have to do Hitchcock. Um, and then I think the other two would be, 
Wes Anderson and Scorsese. Oh, no way. Huh. I think I think that's my Mount Rushmore. And I, I don't know if I'm going too basic. Like, there's probably other directors I love. But I think... Uh, you know what? Actually, I've got to... You're gonna you're gonna hate me for this. I'm bumping Wes Anderson for Kurosawa. That makes sense for you. That makes sense for you. I, I it's okay. I'll take Wes Anderson. You can take Wes Anderson. <laughs> also, you can take any of mine other. Yeah. Other, but, but I I love I think like Kurosawa's work goes deeper for me in terms of like I have more like tens in his filmography than Wes Anderson. Yeah. So. Yeah. That would I be would, mine. I would probably have to pick um, Hitchcock and Wes Anderson. Okay. Um, those were two I was thinking of before you started your list. Um, I really love all of Tarantino's work. Would you put Clint? Would you put? Sorry. Would yeah. you put David Fincher? Oh, I was thinking of him actually. You 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 love like Gone Girl. You love yeah. like Fight Club and yeah, I do. Um, and you love Mindhunter. You love his Mindhunter. TV shows. I know. I I have a good one for you. You should just do the Coen brothers, but just, like, do, like, one half on one, one on the other. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. Okay, so it's, um... Can you just so put the Coen um, brothers on there? So I have Hitchcock, Wes Anderson, Tarantino, and um, the Coen brothers. 50% can, Joel. <laughs> if I can count them Ethan. as one. Yeah. I, I'm, I almost, like... I think I might have to drop... I might have to drop Scorsese for the Coen Brothers. I love the Coen Brothers so much. It's <laughs> they're great. I think I have to drop Scorsese for the Coen Brothers, and that's a hard one. But that's a hard decision. I think that's my choice. Okay, Liam asks a fun one. Mm. Fuck Mary Kill. Wine, beer, seltzers. Oh well, I I have a clear. What would it be? You marry... I would marry wine. Love wine. I would fuck seltzers. Because I have those sometimes. And I can't drink beer. So beer is my kill. I like I would party. I would kill seltzers. I have, no, I have no interest in seltzers. Yeah, I know. And I would definitely marry wine. I feel like wine... Wine's just there for you. Wine's there through everything. Through everything. So wine is there for me. Marry wine. And I'd fuck beer. Because, I don't know. Why not? So that's a good one. Um, that's a fun question. Yeah, thank you, Liam. We love you. Uh, Jess says, "When are y'all coming to visit me? I miss you. Miss you too, Jess. I don't know when COVID stops. Maybe when COVID stops." <laughs> um, Zach says, "Have you ever considered doing an episode of a TV show, and will that ever happen?" Uh, we haven't. No one suggested it, so we haven't done one yet. I feel like the thing with TV shows is I, you know, I'm trying to keep these relatively contained, so I don't know if we do an episode or if we do, like, a series. Like, it might be possible to do... want to do a series. It might be possible to do, like, a mini-series. Like, you could do, like, Chernobyl or something. Like, some, like, kind of contained yeah. mini-series. I could see that. Um, it'd be a lot to discuss in a podcast, but it would be really fun. Um, I wonder if you could do a series of film too, like the Harry Potters. 
Well, we could just, you know, it would be funny if we did them, like, all in a week. Like, we did, like, yeah, one, two, three, four, five. That would we be intense. We did Lord of the Rings once, where we, like, over the course of a weekend, we watched, I think we watched a film each day. It was a, it was a lot. Was it a lot? Did that turn lot. you off from Lord of the Rings? No. But I don't think, I didn't want to watch it for a long time after that. Cause it was so like, it kind of turned you off from Lord of the Rings. It was just a lot. Like, and I felt like I really understood it at the time. Jason and Clara also ask, what is your favorite decade for movies? Mm. They both asked that. So I grouped it together. You go first. Um, it has to be like, if I'm, if I'm picking like a 10 year span, it would be from 1965 to 1975 like I do like I mean there's that period late 60s early 70s I it's really hard between the 60s and the 70s because there's just so much there's so much I mean especially if if you just take the 20 year span like from like how radical psycho was in 1960 to like even like the exorcist in 1973 is so much more avant-garde and scary and gory it's like I mean, that's only 13 years later. Like, there's so much that happens in those 20 years. So for me, it would have to be the 60s or the 70s. Definitely. Yeah, you know, I was I was trying to think of um, which 10-year span had the most development for, for film as, a, as an art form, like the way that it um, tells a story. And I was thinking either, like, um, like the, like 1920 or 1925 to 1935. But the thing is, I don't love a lot of the, like, I don't, I don't deeply love a lot of the films from that era. So I was then thinking, um, 1960 to 1970, kind of the same range, but I love a lot of those films. Um, yeah, a lot of change then as well. Um, development in the way that we think of shooting film now. Yeah, it's true. Um, what is a movie you feel um, you like that everyone else doesn't like? And then also, vice versa. So, can I, do you want me to go first, or do you have one that you're thinking of? You go. Okay. A movie I hate, but everyone else loves. Um, the co- there's a couple that come to mind. One, the, the movie that I most despise that I don't think is that unpopular to hate, but I absolutely hate is Bohemian Rhapsody. That is just a horrible, horrible movie. Like, I can't really, I don't, I have not had such a visceral hatred for a movie since that. Um, I really, really dislike that movie. A couple of, a couple others that come to mind... Um, I didn't love Life is Beautiful, but that I wouldn't say I hated that one. I really did not like The Pianist. Um, it was just sort of like Adrian Brody looking at sad things for like two and a half hours, like just looking sad. And uh, other than that, like I didn't think it added anything to like the dialogue of like Holocaust films or anything. It was just sort of like him being sad and sad things happening around him. Um, and then, uh, we didn't like Head Night in Paris, which we just watched last night at all. Um, 
those are the few that come to mind. Anything else? Um, for me, I didn't like Judy that much. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't think that. I don't think, it's I don't that think great. that's too too controversial oh, though. Okay, well, I mean, I don't think it won an Oscar. Yeah, I didn't like her performance. Yeah, I didn't so. either. Um, we really liked The Devil all the time, and not that many people loved that movie. We watched that last yeah, night. That was yeah, a new one. Yeah, we watched that last night. We both really liked that, and doesn't seem to be getting a lot of love. I'm not above like I'm not above like a Will Ferrell. Mm, yeah. Adam Sandler comedy. It depends on the comedy. Yeah. Depends on my mood too. But like, I'm not really like. I'm not above that. So. Favorite movie released uh, in 2020 so far. Do you want me to go through what we've seen? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go through what we've seen from 2020. We have seen Palm Springs. We have seen. I'm going to go through the movies that we've seen together. We've seen mm-hmm. Emma together. We've seen King of Staten Island. Did Emma come out this year? Yeah. Oh. Portrait of a Lady on Fire kind of came out. Like, we saw it this year, but, like, yeah. it kind of came out in other countries 2019. Okay. So we can count that as, like, a half point. We saw Tenet in theaters. Wow. We, did. we saw Devil All the Time. Mm-hmm. We saw... I'm thinking of ending things. And then I additionally saw... Oh, and then you also saw Hamilton. I don't consider Hamilton a movie. Hamilton is now, like, in the top, like, 30 movies of all time in IMDb. It's not really a movie movie. I don't really, like... I actually would rate it a 10 for what it is. I just don't think it's a movie. Is that fair? Yeah, I understand that. I mean, it's definitely on what one end of the spectrum of what film is though like, I guess I feel like it's kind of like when your dad's in the audience of your dance recital <laughs> he takes a video of it or it's like when I'd when like to think take, it's better directed than that I mean it is obviously but it just kind of it's kind of like you're watching someone watch it yeah other than other than Hamilton which I did rate a 10 um of the things I saw I haven't rated anything higher than an eight so um, <clears throat> the things I've rated eights are Palm Springs, Invisible Man, Tenet, I'm Thinking of Ending Things, and Devil All the Time. Of those, I think, oddly enough, I think my favorite's Palm Springs. Yeah, I, I really enjoy Palm keep, Springs. I keep coming back to, I didn't, I, it kind of grew on me. I really, like, I enjoyed it at the time, but it's kind of just growing on me. Like, I, yeah, I, I really resonated with that movie. I agree with you. Oddly, I think Palm Springs is my favorite. I mean, there were a lot of these that I really enjoyed and I would watch again. I mean, that being said, with Hamilton, I feel like it's so cool that they've made it more... They've they've put it into film and people can watch it from home. It's made it so much more accessible. Yeah, Hamilton's the, awesome. Because the tickets are so expensive. And I was not able to see it when, you know, a bunch of people were going in... Um, watching it live so it was just so expensive i mean it's it's a fabulous um performance and yeah. play but definitely yeah most anticipated film of 2021 from zamina i think i'm saying that one. zamina yeah zamina zamina from zamina 
Most anticipated film of 2021. Uh, I have to go... So, like, what's coming out in 2021? Like, there's a new Mission Impossible. There's the Avatar movie. The sequel. Look at that face. Um, There's... uh, I'm going to have to go with the Batman. Robert Pattinson is the Batman. Oh, that'll be cool. Yeah, that's definitely, like, my most anticipated... Uh, there were a bunch of like art house ones that I was excited for this year that actually might get postponed. Like if the French Dispatch gets postponed, I'm that like that'll be. I want to see that so. Badly. My most anticipated, though it looks so. I mean, I we watched the trailer. It looks he looks like he's gone so far far down his own rabbit hole. It yeah. almost looks like he's parodying himself. Yeah, it's like a little dollhouse. But like it, it's I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see if it works. It looks so like, it looks like by far his most. Wes Anderson-esque work. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. I I like those. I like the ones like Emma or... Period um, pieces. I, yeah. Okay. So I like period pieces. But um, I also love anything Coen Brothers, Wes Anderson. Um, I don't know what you call that. It's kind of... Just kind of like artsy, indie... Indie... Dramas. Indie dramas. Indie dramas. Yeah. yeah, I guess I like indie dramas and period pieces. I think my favorite genre is probably... I think of, like, my top movies of all time. Like a dark comedy, you know? Like yeah, I love a dark Sullivan's comedy Travels, too. dark comedy. Little Miss Sunshine is a dark comedy. Mm-hmm. Sideways is my dad's favorite movie, and that's a dark comedy. I just, like, I like that's a good cool. dark comedy. And there, mm-hmm. there just aren't enough of them. Yeah. There are enough, like, yeah. It's so, hard to hit it right. Too. It's hard to hit the right tone. I think yeah. that's why. Um, uh, a couple more here. Um, Clara also asks, a director you'd love to just sit and talk to about their work? The spaghetti Western guy. Sergio Leone? Yeah, I'd love to talk to Sergio Leone. Can I can speak, speak Italian. Italian. <laughs> 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 yeah, if I knew Italian, I'd love to. Um, I've, I've I've actually thought about. Uh, what, what I feel like he'd be so cool because he worked in both Hollywood and um, the Italian like Cinecita area, and he worked with Ennio Morricone, my favorite. Our favorite. Um. Yeah, it would just be great to talk to him. Yeah, he's great. I've I've actually thought a lot about this question in the past because I think the director I'd want to be friends with. And the director I'd want to talk to for an hour are two very different things. Like, Quentin Tarantino, I feel like, would be hard to be friends with. But, God, would I love to just, like, sit with him and, like, just, like, shoot the breeze about movies for, like, an hour. I would, like, nothing would make me happier. Yeah. And I'd probably feel, like, enlightened. I'd be, like, so happy. Director I'd want to be friends with is probably Richard Linklater. He just, he seems, like, so chill and just, like, he seems like he'd be a great... Oh, 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 and then the other one... Guillermo del Toro, yeah. he's set. He's if you just yeah. listen to any any interviews with him, he's, he's so well spoken, and he's just got this soft Spanish accent, <laughs> and he's uh. And He'd he's be just, great on the podcast. Oh yeah, no, I should invite. Oh, there's no way, but I should I should uh, just like reach out to him. I think my I've told you this before. My dream podcast guest, which is not a question that I got, but a question that I will ask myself, Ethan. What are your dream podcast guests? My two dream podcast guests, two dream podcast guests are um, Guillermo del Toro and Edgar Wright. 
So I'd love to chat with them. Uh, Sophie. I think, I think we should do a before sunrise podcast. Together. Would you like to do that? Yeah, I'd love to. I love that movie. We do you want to do, do the? That. Do you want to do that with Before Sunset, or do you want to do them separately? Wait, which one's which? I always make them mix them up. Before Sunrise is the first one. Yeah, I want to do, do the first one. We could do that tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Sophie also had a question. Will you be doing any top ten rankings on this show? Which I think would be very fun, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially now that I'm doing like two a week, I think that would be doable. Like we could do a regular episode on Monday. We could do like a top. Like we could do like a top ten. Like, top ten rom-coms, and we, like, go back and forth and, like, talk mm-hmm. about our favorite rom-coms. Or, like, just something like that. I think it'd be very fun. That'd be fun. I think it'd be very fun. Yeah. Great suggestion, Sophie. Sophie's coming up on the podcast, by the way. Ah, fun. Do you know for what movie? No, I don't. Yeah, you do. Legally Blonde? Yeah, Legally Blonde. Oh, <laughs> I love That Legally was a really, Blonde. really, really fun one to record, so I'm excited for that one to come out. You had out. it on the other day, and I just, like, started... I like was walking through the room and then I just stopped and I watched a scene and then I inched a little closer, watched another scene my mom and then I just exact... sat down and, and just watched half the movie. Yeah, my mom did the exact same thing. She was just like, this is funny. And then it's she's so like, this is really funny. It's and then she so just sat cute. down. It's such a great uh, movie. I love it. I love, okay, I love that scene where <laughs> she has her admissions video, like uh, for Harvard and they're like trying to find an excuse to let her in because she's... So cute, and um, oh, so funny. She's like, and they're like, well, she I does have a four zero. And... Direct my admissions film. Like, of course you did. Clara asks if you could make a movie with any actor slash actress, who would it be? I know your answer. What would it be? Philip Seymour Hoffman. I do love Philip Seymour Hoffman. I love the guy from Marriage Story. What's his name? Adam Driver. I love. I love Adam Driver. I'd love to work with him on something. That'd be so cool. I know one that we both overlap on. What? Florence Pugh. Oh, yeah. She's great. Uh, Emma Thompson would be in that uh, for sure for me. Uh, I'd, I'd just like, I'd love to work with Emma Thompson. I think more than anything, Bill Hader. Oh, I know. I was thinking Bill Hader, too. I think that would be my number one. Um, I think that, like, I'd love to, like, get Chris Cooper in another cool thing. These days, I think he's, like, so awesome. Luke Wilson, I'd also love to get in something else cool. Though, I think I think my top few actresses would be Amy Adams, Tony Collette, and Emma Thompson. Those would be my, like, top ones I just love to work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, if you could be... If you could work on a movie, what part of... What, um, what part of the crew would you want to work on... Work as? For me, I I've talked about how like I I'm very big picture and I'd love to be like a producer. I think, mm-hmm. like I feel like I'd be like I'd be good at like kind of like piecing together people's like artistic ideas. I also think like yeah. editing might be too te- technical for me, but I think I might be a good editor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So what do you think? Yeah. Um, I feel like. you're definitely someone who knows what you want to see and then you can bring things together but you're not uh like hyper focused on details like you wouldn't make someone redo something 30 times till you get it yeah, right yeah that, that's the problem so with you, being a director i'm not yeah. an egomaniac well you're also not like hyper focused on like something that's gonna until it's right you're like you're gonna be better at like piecing things together bringing people together and 
saying like that's the wrong direction this like this is the direction that you want to go with this and but maybe you kind of need that in everything, just focusing on something until it's perfect. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Yeah, you got to be a perfectionist to get things to where you like them. But. What would you want to be in a movie? Um, I think I would be good with the, like, like more on, like, the drawing board, like, the the bigger ideas. Maybe, maybe more of the... Um, art direction. I think you'd be really good in art direction. Like, if you, like, direction. read a script... Or sort of like, how do we like put this into like the world and like create yeah. create a room that represents this character that like feels lived in, like set mm-hmm. decoration, but also like mm-hmm. props and costumes and all that stuff. I think you'd be really good with like yeah. with like figuring out a character and like applying that to mm-hmm. the visual world. Yeah, I'm very pin. I'm, I love Pinterest. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely very good at like going big picture and back down to the details. I've practiced that a lot in my current job is um working in research and so I'm always like kind of like how do I get this very how do I solve this very big picture question through these little tiny you know things and then bring it down to the details during the experiment and I think that's kind of maybe that art direction thing as Mm -hmm. well yeah Mm -hmm. or the script writing I don't know cool cool well thank you for coming on Thank you for doing this with me. Thanks for having me. This has been fun. (laughs) Yeah. It's always good to chat with you. It's fun to answer questions. Do you like questions? I do. Thank you for coming on, Paige. You're welcome. I love you. I love talking to you. I love love asking you questions. I love when you answer questions. Uh, This was very fun. We'll have to do it again. Uh, And thank you to everyone for submitting. Just a reminder, I still have t-shirts available. Uh, And uh, enjoy your weekend week night day whenever you're listening to this enjoy your life thank you for listening to another episode of cineflag and i will see you next week